This is the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman, CPA. I am Art Wiederman. I happen to be Art Wiederman. I'm still Art Wiederman. I've always been Art Wiederman, and I enjoy being Art Wiederman. Uh, I'm a dental-specific CPA in Southern California. Uh, My CPA practice works with about 250 dentists, uh, mostly in our area. Uh, I'm also a proud member of the National Academy of Dental CPAs, which is 24 uh, dental-specific CPA firms that represent over 9,000 dentists. And today's show goes to to the core of what I do as a dental CPA. It's going to be really, really cool information. So I am going to suggest specifically today uh, that you get a piece of paper and a pencil and maybe take some notes. You know, a a CPA has lots of functions. CPAs uh, stands for Certified Public Accountants, Cleaning, Pressing, and Alterations. I mean, whatever you want to call it. And um, I mean, we're tax people, we're accounting people, uh, we keep your books and records, we, we try and help save taxes. But I have always felt that as a dental-specific CPA, I need to do more. Um, I'm a good tax guy. Uh, there are other good tax people out there who are not dental-specific CPAs. But where I bring value and where our members of the Academy of Dental CPAs bring value is our ability to help you interpret the information and the numbers in your business. Now, for 30 plus years that I've been in this business, I've been in 35, I have been looking uh, at Dentrix and Eaglesoft and Open Dental and to get information out of those programs that are that is meaningful to our doctors has been frustrating, difficult, and, and darn near impossible. And about five or six years ago, uh, some companies started doing some work on metrics and, and, and creating software that will actually pull information from these programs and put it on a really cool dashboard. And, and I've looked at some of them, but uh, today I am interviewing uh, Curtis Marshall. Uh, Curtis Marshall is with Dental Intelligence, and it's known in the industry as Dental Intel. Uh, and I've looked at this program extensively. It, it just knocks your socks off what this program can do. And we're going to talk today about the program. And again, I don't do sales pitches for the people that come onto my show. Uh, this is information that you're going to get today that's going to help you manage your business. Uh, but before we get to Curtis, uh, let me give you some information, uh, about, you know, myself and the, uh, the firm and, and, and the ADCPA. Uh, if you wanted to get a hold of me at my office in Tustin, California, I'm at area code 714-259-0505. Uh, if you wanted to send me an email, you can email me at artwiederman at gmail.com. Uh, all of our podcasts, and we are now in our second year of doing this work. I'm so excited. We're, we're into our second year. We started uh, early December of 2018, and this show will go up. Uh, not sure it's going to be late December, early January yet. Got to check the schedule, but uh, we're we're past the one year mark. If you want to look at our podcasts, you can go ahead and look at um, our website, which is www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resources tab, go to the podcast tab, and all of the podcasts, including the one that I am recording as we speak with my good friend Curtis Marshall, will be up there. And if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the United States, uh, go to our website at www.adcpa.org and click on the map. And you know wherever you are, we are there too. I'm in Southern California. We have a a wonderful firm in San Diego. So I'm north of San Diego um, and uh, cover the su- Southern California area. And um, like I say, we work with 250 dentists and we'd love to talk to you. So <clears throat> again, our subject today is metrics and I'm a numbers guy. 
And what I want to do for you, ladies and gentlemen, is I want to be able to go into the software, which has all the information uh, about your practice. And I want to be able to tell you things. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to know what percentage of your patients get reappointed after a hygiene appointment and what percentage of your cancellations are getting reappointed? And, and, and out of the number of exams that you do, how many uh, are you actually doing diagnosis? That, that just doesn't even scratch the surface of the information that is available. So again, I have my good friend, Curtis Marshall. Curtis is the Director of Partners and Channels uh, for Dental Intelligence. Again, we call it Dental Intel because as I've told you before, and I do repeat myself, anything over three syllables is a serious problem for me. Um, so we'll call it Dental Intel. Uh, their company is uh, located in Pleasant Grove, Utah, uh, and I had an opportunity to go to their um, uh, to their symposium uh, about two, I think it was two months ago uh, up in Snowbird, Utah. Uh, they were they were actually kind enough. They didn't consult me. They were kind enough to hold it in the exact building that I have a timeshare in. Scary. So that was that was helpful, uh, and I did thank Curtis for that. So they're in. Their, their corporate offices are in Pleasant Grove, Utah, and you've heard of Silicon Valley. Well, they call this Silicon Slopes uh, up there uh, about an hour outside of Salt Lake City. So, Curtis Marshall, my good friend, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance. Art, my pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Well, I thank you for taking the time to come on here. And um, uh, this is important stuff because uh, this this information changes uh, it, 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 you know, we call it the, it, we call it the playbook. It changes, uh, how you manage your practice and, and what you do with the numbers. And we're going to get into all of that. So, so I want to start off, Curtis, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey. And, uh, I know that dental intelligence was formed about, uh, uh, five or six years ago, but give us a little bit of your history and the history of the company. Yeah. Thanks, Art. So, uh, it's always interesting to know the history of things and you can really know what's why things are in place. Right. Um, and then also what to do in the future. And, and that's ultimately what, what dental intelligence does uh, with your practice is we learn the history of your practice. And then we're able to tell you not just on a dashboard, what to do uh, or what happened, but really what to do today. Uh, because that's, what's most important based off of history. Um, but myself, uh, so I, Utah kid, born and raised here in Utah. Um, I, w- I actually graduated from the University of Utah in communications. Um, thought I wanted to be a few different things and turned out once I got married, uh, my in-laws recruited me to uh, run their practice. Is that right? Um, yeah. And so they started, they had a two-op. Uh, they're doing about just over a million dollars in two operatories. That that's amazing, right there. Two operatories, a million dollars. Yeah. So they knew how to work, and they knew how to work hard. Uh, they knew how to do good dentistry. Uh, but what they were wanting to do, they had two sons in dental school about ready to graduate, and they wanted to build a much larger facility. So they needed somebody to help with that. And so uh, they they. After many, many discussions, uh, they got me to move over, uh, and I started to work in doing the marketing and treatment planning for this office. Curtis, had you had any experience in dentistry before this? No. Uh, I've been to a dental office. (laughs) (laughs) You know where the chair is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. But I did know about marketing. I knew about, uh, you know, I, I knew about all the different mediums and whatnot, and said, all right, let's go ahead and do this. So I, I jumped in and quickly found a few great people that t- taught me um, how to run a practice. Um, and one thing that I discovered is, is if you are able to see what you did and make decisions moving forward based off of what you did, you're going to be a lot more successful. So I'd write down every all the mediums that we would advertise on, find out how many new patients came in from those and then make decisions based off the next month uh, saying, okay, let's add more dollars here or let's take away dollars here. Uh, Rather than just guessing, we could really fine tune an art. We did this to such a great degree 
that we were able to get over 400 new patients a month per month in this one office. So we had multiple doctors at this time. In, in the new office, I was going to say, where are you going to put 400 new patients in a two operatory office? Sorry, in the new office that we built, I didn't really. 400 that. new patients a month? Per month, consistently. So would you hire like 10 dentists the next day or something? We built up to it. So we had uh, all of our, we had a bunch of dentists in the office. Uh, we had 14 operatories, a bunch of hygienists, and we had a great machine that was uh, and still running fantastic. It's one of the best producing practices in the state. Wow. So how did Dental Intel come to be? Well, um, back, uh, back then, it was just one, oper- one, one, uh, one location. And I said, hey, I want to do some other things. And ultimately, everyone knows, that unless you're the doctor, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity um, in that one practice or unless you're owning practices. Uh, to keep growing. So uh, I shook hands, parted ways with my my family uh, as far as working day-to-day with them. I still work with them quite a bit. But instead of working day-to-day with them, I shook hands, parted ways, and found a, a CPA firm, out of all things, I found a CPA firm that was uh, marketing to dentists. And so I jumped on to their firm. It was called Procore CPA. And we help people get to the best financial position possible by looking at their overhead and making sure that they're paying uh, no no more taxes than necessary. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different tax strategies and whatnot. But as you know, all these things are right. you're smiling. I, I, can, I am I can smiling. Your smile. And so uh, <laughs> in doing that, one thing that we found is that, hey, in order to help them to really put themselves in the best financial position possible, we need a little bit more information than their taxes and their P&Ls. So we said, all right, will you please start sending us reports, just like you do, Art. Uh, we send us reports from your Dentrix or uh, Eaglesoft. And it would take the longest time for us to get those reports. And then we said, all right, once we got them, we look at them and we're like, well, wait, these aren't accurate because this is what you are telling me before. These are not well, we think they are. So we do some more digging and they weren't, it wasn't exactly right. Long story short there, Art, we saw that there was a need. We saw there was a need not just for gathering data, but for gathering accurate data. That's the biggest part, at gathering accurate data. Go ahead. So, so why, why is it so difficult? I mean, you know, I've been in Dentrix. I've been in Eaglesoft. You've been in these programs. I mean, they're fabulous, fabulous programs. I think they probably are... 80, 80 plus percent of the dentists in America use these programs. Why is it so hard to get meaningful data out of these programs, which I, which I guess is what, you know, justifies the need for, for, for a program like Dental Intel? Yeah. So and now I'm going to give a quick example on this one because I think it'll make a lot of sense. Okay. So myself, I, uh, I love pickleball, right? Uh, pickleball is an upcoming sport that's, uh, Great for all ages. Uh, little little plug in there. If you haven't played pickleball yet, go go to your local pro and learn a little bit about it. Uh, but pickleball, if I'm learning how to do pickleball, it's a paddle sport. You use a whiffle ball and there's a net, right? If I'm learning and utilizing pickleball, am I gaining skills to be a basketball player? Probably not. Maybe probably not, but my, right. I could probably could, but myself now I'm still doing athletic stuff. I have, there's a ball, there's a court, there's very a lot of things similar, but my main focus, although I could go and shoot baskets, my main focus as a human is to become a better pickleball player. Right. These practice management softwares are not built. They were not built to run a practice. What they were built for was to manage patients, Right. the patient coming in. That's what they're built for. That's what they're playing. Their game that they're playing is taking care of the patient's information, the x-rays, the ledger, the treatment planner, the all, all these things, the patient, not the practice. The one place, instead of having all those files behind you, right, 
right. the file, filing cabinet of all the files, you now have a place, a digital place to have all your patients. It was, they were not created to tell you, hey, this is what to do in your practice. That's not what they were created for. And that's, like I said, what I've been looking for for 30 plus years is something that I can go in and I can start talking to doctors about what's going on. So let's launch into this discussion. First of all, I mean, you you guys have over, as I understand it, over 4,000 practices uh, that that use uh, that use dental intel is that about right that was right that was oh so you're going to give me some I, I went on your website this morning that's what it said what what is the updated number it's just over five thousand so over five thousand practices that that's a that's a remarkable uh, remarkable statistic so obviously you you've talked to you know thousands of dentists as has have your team what are some of the biggest challenges and mistakes dentists are making in their practices today that your software is finding? Uh, one, the big, probably the biggest one is data in, data out. What does that right. mean? Okay, great, great follow-up question. So um, I, I, there's a great saying uh, that somebody taught me once, and it's the only thing worse than bad, um, than um, no information. The only thing worse than not having information is having bad information. Okay. Okay. So um, now granted, doctors are not putting in uh, team members, really. They're not putting in data into the software, into their practice management software correctly, meaning credits and debits. They're not putting those in correctly, or they're not putting in, uh, 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 making the appointments correctly. They're not adding the procedure code to the appointment. Yeah, you talked right. about that in in the uh, in the seminar up in Snowbird that that was one of the main things that the uh, uh, the procedure has to be attached to the appointment. Yeah, breaking appointments is another one. <laughs> um, here's a great example. Okay, Dentrix. So that's what I used when I was running a practice. Right, I knew that there, in order to break an appointment, you right clicked and broke the appointment, and it would send it somewhere else, and then you could go to another day and bring it back down uh, from a quick fill list. Right. But they came out because of me and a few other people complaining. I'm like, hey, this is too many steps. They came out with what's called a pin board. And the pin board, you can now just move the appointment over into the pin board, go to a different day and pull it from the pin board and bring it back down. Made it a ton easier. Wow. Right? So I'm sure you've had some influence on these programs. Well, um, so. Or maybe not. (laughs) These programs are getting influenced by people like myself who's running a practice, wanting their jobs to be easier, right? Right. Well, in doing that, in moving the appointment to the pin board, you're now moving the appointment. It's not a broken appointment. So if you want to start tracking broken appointments from Dentrex and you want to track broken appointments, anytime you move an appointment, that's not considered a broken appointment. Ah, so okay. it's gar- garbage in, garbage out. Right. I guess I move. The patient has a future appointment. Great. But me as a uh, practice uh, practice manager, whatever you want to call it, I didn't understand the importance of truly tracking that every appointment's broken, so that I can now see a stat list. Because my main stat that I was focusing on art was new patients. That was my stat. I knew that one in and out. But well, all these other little ones, like broken appointments and reappointment and all these other things, I didn't understand the importance of it until now. Well, and if you don't, and if you, you can get, you said you got 400, uh, 400 patients a, a month, I think is what you said. You could get 4,000 patients a month, but if they don't appoint and they break their appointments, it doesn't really matter, right? No, that's exactly the point I wanted to get to. If I were getting a 400 new patients a month, I should be getting a new hygienist every two months. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 800, 800 now. We would only get a new hygienist every year. What does that tell you? Well, it, it tells me that I, you didn't know what was going on in your hygiene department, probably. Zero. All I knew is I'm feeding the beast. That's- I'm feeding the beast. 
but I did. We did not have any insight, nor did Dentrix tell us any. It it couldn't tell us. It wasn't geared to tell us, hey, this is what's going on with these patients. You're losing them because of X, or you're losing them because of Y. Well, now we have that type of information, but we didn't have that before. All right. So I got so many things I want to ask you. I'm going to kind of walk you through how this works. Let's start with your basic formula and tell us why this is important. Uh, the way the way dental intel works, ladies and gentlemen, as I understand it, is you take the number of uh, visits, number of patient visits times the production per visit, and that's uh, and there's more to the formula, but but tell us why those are the two cornerstones of, of your software and why they're so important. Absolutely. So this is a, a formula that we have patented, uh, and it's something that's very important to realize. It's called the profitability formula. And in the past, for the last 100 years, doctors have been looking at production and collections and new patients, but production and collections, right? Right. And but the problem with that is if I saw that last month I did a hundred thousand dollars, I produced a hundred thousand dollars last month. What can I do today, Art? What could I do today to increase my hundred thousand dollars last month? Well, I can, I can, and it's a loaded question because I know the answer. I can, um, uh, I can get more people in the door, more visits, right? I can get more people coming in, right? That's one way I could get more production and, moving and, forward. And then I can I can I can produce more at each one of my visits, right? That's right. That see art, this is what we're trying to change is this thought right here. Is that what you're saying? You're right on what to do moving forward. But the original question is, and this is what we always look at. I did a hundred thousand dollars last month. The answer to if I how to improve that. I can't do anything. Last month is gone. Right. I can't improve that $100,000, but that's what we're, everyone's looking at. What I can improve is moving forward how many visits I have or how much production per visit I have. Right. So let's talk about each one of those, Curtis. So, uh, you know, we, uh, one of the things that, that look at in the software is future visits. And the way I've always explained it is that, you know, if, if you have, and the software says that you have 2,000 future visits. So Art Wiederman comes in for a hygiene appointment, right? And, um, you know, his future visits now drop, the, the practice drops to 1999 because I had my hygiene appointment, right? So hopefully the, 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 the lady at the front desk is going to make me another hygiene appointment for three, four, or six months. And then maybe she'll make me a restorative appointment so that my future visits go from, 2000 down to 1999 and then up to 2001. So it's real important, these future visits to see the trend because if they're going down, that's bad, right? Oh, well, it's telling us a story now. This is something right? I like stories. Yeah, yeah, me too, because it, now I can understand what's happening. So if my future visits is flatlined, meaning it's at 2,000 future visits total for all my active patients. I have 2,000 active patients, uh, 2,000 future visits. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I start to get, oh, well, there's some, it came from somewhere. But if I see my future visits start to skyrocket, but I haven't got any more new patients, something changed. And what is you that? Great, you gave a great example. One could be that I have a hygiene appointment and a restorative appointment. Or maybe it's, hey, I'm now scheduling all my future appointments for the crown and the crown seat and the crown check. I've got three future appointments now. Okay. Something's changing in the office. Now, great. We, if it's going up, we, we like that. But what's scary is oftentimes we see future visits going down, which means we're typically used to either scheduling for hygiene or scheduling for restorative. But now we are not doing one or the other or sometimes both. Now, the scheduling for hygiene is is that that gets into, and we'll talk about reappointment in a minute, but the scheduling for the, the clinical, for the dentist, uh, that could be one of two things. That could either be that the dentist is not diagnosing 
enough, is not finding enough work, is too conservative, or that the when the dentist hands the patient to the to the treatment coordinator or the person at the front desk, they're not being successful in scheduling or talking about. I mean, talk about that a little bit because that's big. So this is why future visits is so important because you look at one area, you look at hygiene, right? You want to look at hygiene to see if all your hygiene patients are reappointing for what? Uh, before, uh, before not only for traditional hygiene, but maybe for an SRP or something like that. Oh, correct. You might, uh, you might educate them and get them really the care they need for uh, perio. But we want to make sure that they always have a future hygiene visit. Then that's one. If you're you're a hundred percent or you're zero percent, right? Right. He's a patient. I'm either a hundred percent reappointed or I'm a hundred zero percent not reappointed. That's right. And and on, yeah. on on the on the reappointment, I, I think you guys were talking about that the national average is somewhere in the fifty percent, fifty to sixty percent range, or is it lower? It for it's lower for total patients. So hygiene. So first I got hygiene, right? Then above that, I have all my active patients. Do they have a future appointment or not? Right. Now, hopefully a lot of those active patients are in your hygiene program, but we're seeing 30 to 40% of your active patients with a future appointment. With or without? With. So that means 60 to 70% of my uh, my active patients, and, and we call that patients that have been in within the last 18 months, do not have any kind of a future appointment. That's what you're saying? Correct. That is fright. That's frightening. I know. it's And it's crazy because a lot of people say, no, my number's different. Then we pull the data and it's like, oh, no, this is, where, this is actually where you are. Right. And one thing that's great is now you know where you are, like G.I. Joe. Now you know, knowing's half the battle. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So, so I, I know, Curtis, that doctors have issues with case acceptance. I know I, I've, I've looked at the software and I see, you know, I, I see 30%, 40%, 20%. So how does, what numbers should the doctors be looking at uh, in, in determining what their case acceptance is, what, what what do you guys determine with your 5,000 practices healthy? Talk a little bit about case acceptance. Yeah, case acceptance is really important because uh, case acceptance in many dental offices is based off of feeling. Like, for example, as a treatment coordinator, when I was in a dental office, a doctor presented treatment to Mary Beth. Okay? Uh, he presents treatment to Mary Beth and a week later, he goes, Curtis, I don't, I still haven't seen Mary Beth back in the office. Like, what are you talking about? Remember Mary Beth a week ago that accepted the treatment when I presented her a full mouth, a full mouth rehab, like all crowned upper and lower. She said she wanted to do it. Like, doctor, she came into the den, into the, uh, treatment room and basically said, doctor wants me to get this, but I, you know, I, I don't have the money and maybe I'll do it in the future, but I don't really want to. She didn't want to do it. Right. But the doctor felt like, oh, this is already accepted. So what's in his feelings or what's in his, in, like in his mind or his or her mind is that they accepted. And that's what we typically go off of acceptance. Or the front desk is like, uh, I feel about 80%. Most of our patients accept something. They accept uh, some of our treatment and they will accept more in the future but they at least accept a little bit now. So I want to know who's accepting a little bit and who's accepting a lot and why, right? Right. Well, there's even more to that. So that's what the status quo is. That's what's happening in dental offices for case acceptance. There's no good way to track it unless you make your own Excel sheet, which if you don't have this right now, I'd highly recommend you start today, get an Excel sheet, put the patients that you diagnose how many dollars you diagnose with them and if they accept it or not. And you'll be doing your Excel street, uh, Excel sheet 24 hours a day, seven days a week for like the rest of your life, probably. Right. Yeah. You're correct. Right. But now it's that important though, or you can get some other software that might be called dental intelligence. But Maybe. Yeah, who regardless, knows? regardless, I don't care which one you do. Please do that because this is the game changer. Now here's, here's the most, here's where it gets crazy. 
is that oftentimes people think of it case acceptance that we need to start looking at just acceptance or treatment acceptance is that we just need to start looking at acceptance, but it starts with the exam. Right. So if I did 10 exams in an office or a hundred uh, exams, the doctor should know what percentage he is diagnosing at. Yep. Right. And that's on the why performance that, board. Say, yeah. Why would that be so important? You kind of said that with like, uh, like gusto. What, why, why would you say, Art, that that's so important? Because a lot of doctors don't even track this. Well, I will tell you, Curtis, that I get at least one or two phone calls a year from a front office manager. And so here's how the phone call goes. So, uh, uh, Art, this is uh, Susie from Dr. Smith's office. He did it again. I said, what did he do? He says, he let six crowns walk out of here that my two-month-old son could have diagnosed. And I said, Really? So he says, and, and, and this is what they'll say, you have to talk to him. So like I, as a CPA, it's my responsibility to make him diagnose treatment, right? So then you would look at the exams versus the amount of, uh, you know, the, the numbers that have uh, a diagnosis on it, and it would obviously be a, be a low percentage. So what I do sometimes is I'll say to the doctor, okay, so on a scale of one to 10, one being that, that you don't even do crowns and bridges and you just kind of clean teeth maybe, and 10 being that everything is a grind the tooth down to the nub and make it a crown. Where are you? Well, I'm a, I'm probably a five. I said, well, let me ask you this. I, we want you to sleep at night. How do we get you to a six or a seven, right? Well, that, that as a consultant, you could definitely say that. Right. Absolutely. As a friend or as an advisor, you could. But ultimately, I just want the doctors to know because they're the clinician. I want them to know where they are at. Here, here's the issue, is that we as, as humans, we often go off of feeling. Like, oh, uh, for example, um, if there are two people that are numb in the back office, and I have two exams that need to be done. Right. What? How am I diagnosing those two people versus there's nobody in the back and I only have one exam to do? Am I doing a different exam on that one person versus those two when I got two people also numb in the back? And, and that's that's great conversation. And I also love, Curtis, talk about. Guess, yeah. To, oh, I'm sorry. I should answer your question. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, doctors, you are going, I'm sorry, no matter how ethical and how, like, how much you love dentistry, you, will, you do diagnose differently based on what's around you. And you need, so now you need to know your numbers of how well you're diagnosing so that you do not fall in, down a slippery slope. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. So talk about how important the front, uh, the, the, the team is in engaging with this, um, with this, uh, with this software, because uh, if the dental team doesn't buy into this, you might as well not do it. Right. Oh, if the, Front office is not going to be tracking numbers. Let's say we don't have dental intel, we're just using the Excel sheet, right? And they don't track those numbers. There's no reason to even talk about it. If they're not going to, uh, if we're not going to talk about those numbers, there's no reason to track them. Right. Absolutely, 100%. The team needs to be on board. They need to understand why it's important. Even going back to the broken appointments. Myself, as a front of desk, I didn't realize, well, there's no way to really track broke. But they, we didn't have that metric before. But the, I didn't see the reasoning to right-click, break the appointment. I just wanted to move it because I knew that they were rescheduling. I just wanted to move it. It didn't make sense to me to actually right-click and break it. But now that I know the importance of it, I want every doctor, every front desk person and myself to always break the appointment, even if they reschedule, so that I can report on how many appointments break. If right. I know how many appointments break, I can now change behavior. And, and it's also important, Curtis, that, and the software tells you this too on the performance board, is how many of these broken appointments are we reappointing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. because I. Yes, I want to know that we broke 20 appointments last week. But more importantly, 
I want to know that five of them have no future appointment or 15 of the 20 have no future appointment. I, I guess I want that list. Yeah, I got, I got so, so much more, but what I want you to do right now, ladies and gentlemen, I, you need to look at this. You really need to look at, at working with a dashboard, something that pulls the information out of your Dentrex, your EagleSoft, your Open Dental. Those, those are the programs that, that Curtis, uh, that, that the software works with. So how, how can people learn more about Dental Intel? Oh, simply just go to the website, dentalintel.com. Ask for, uh, we, we grab your data and show you everything in your practice at no charge. And then you can make it a decision. Right. And, and then it's super simple. Yeah, it's, it's simple. So dentalintel.com. All right, Curtis. So, so, so let's talk about, I, I know that you're uh, the dental Intel has a morning huddle um, module. And one of the things that I liked about the morning huddle module is among many things is that it's, it's, it's a, it, it's got it right there on the computer screen, but it also tells me one of the cool things that I like about it is it tells me how, what family members are not have not been in the office in the last 18 months, right? So like Mrs. Smith comes in and then at the morning huddle, we notice that Mr. Smith and John, Johnny and, and Stephanie, the two children, have not been into the office. So wouldn't that be a cool thing for somebody to, to talk to Mrs. Smith? Hey, you know, h- how's your family? We haven't seen them in a while, right? Absolutely. And what is that doing? It's helping to get the office more visits so they get more production. But more importantly, it's taking care of the Johnnies. Here, here's something that's super crazy is that I have a, a colleague who works in the dental field. And she asked their, their front desk, she's like, hey, uh, by the way, you didn't ask me about my daughter Zoe. Uh, your daughter's name is Zoe. You asked me about my daughter Zoe. When was the last time she was in the office? And they said, Oh, yeah, it looks like it was 18 months ago. Huh. Not only did the front office not say anything, it was the patient who said something, right? So they're asking. But now they, the, they're saying, oh, yeah, it's just like it was 18 months ago. And the, my colleague was almost, like got irate a little bit. She's like, this is my daughter. You guys are the professionals. Why didn't you tell me sooner? She should have been in here a year ago to get uh, her cleaning done. I mean, they're, 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 they're serving this up on a silver platter for the office to get this additional patient into the practice. Yeah. And they, she's been coming in and the other daughter's been coming in. But Zoe missed a couple of appointments because of some other issues. But nobody talked to her about getting Zoe. Here's why this information is important. We want to take care of the Zoe's out there. Right. It's not just take making sure we make the payment for the Ferrari in the back in the back of the office. That's well, good too. Ferraris are good. To, I've never driven one, but I'm sure they're good. <laughs> we want to pay for, but the reason why we want to get the patients rescheduled is because Zoe is a person, and if they don't come in for a cleaning, then we are hurt. They are being their oral care is suffering. Right, right. That so in a morning huddle, we're telling you quite a few things. One of them is unscheduled. What, what are some of the other things while we're talking about that 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 the morning huddle um, uh, that comes up on the screen can help the doctors for the day? So for today, we're going to show you open times. Uh, we're going to show you uh, how many patients who are coming into the doctor are not scheduled for hygiene. Right, right. That's a big one. So yeah. they're coming in for. Uh, out of all your patients, how many of them have unscheduled treatment? Another big one. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to know if uh, Mrs. Jones has uh, $8,000 of treatment and, um, you know, these, and it actually pulls up the uh, the CDT codes that, um, uh, that were diagnosed too, right? Yep. One simple click, it pulls it up quickly. Right. Uh, it just tells you exactly, and you can view it on your mobile app. Or on the computer. So, so you have a mobile app, so people can like uh, while they're sitting there watching the, in your case, maybe the Utah Jazz play basketball. They can be clicking and seeing what's going on in their practice on their phone, right? Yeah, for tomorrow they can say, "Oh, hey, I've got Jimmy coming in, and he's got a, a two thousand dollar unscheduled treatment." Uh, I also got Susan coming in tomorrow, and she's got a daughter named Zoe who's not scheduled. Uh, I've also have. Um, Tim, 
who owes me, and here's another thing that we show, uh, the AR, Joey owes me dollars. So I'm going to make sure my front desk collects that before we uh, see that patient. So one of the other things that I think is it might be one of the most important things that, that this software points out and any of the metric software points out is how many of your active patients do not have a future appointment? Uh, Curtis, I looked at a practice um, that has 3,300 active patients. It's, it, it, it's doing like $3 million a year and 1,300 patients did not have a future appointment that had been in the last 18 months. Now, the problem that I see, and maybe you can help our listeners, how do you attack that? I mean, you're not going to say to the front office, okay, you guys stop what you're doing for like a year and call those 1,300 people and get them in. That, that's not how this works. So how do we use the software to, to, to make the best decisions as to who to contact? Now, you say that's not what we do, but every office, if they have patients on schedule, what they're going to do is they're going to go into their dentrix, their practice manager software, whatever it is, they're going to pull a list of all the unscheduled patients, hygiene or just all unscheduled patients. Okay. And they're going to print off a book. Right. A physical <laughs> book. And they're going to put that piece of book on their, uh, that book on their, on their desk. Now, as soon as that book goes on their desk, that book is now old data. Right. Right. Because as you're printing it off, maybe Mary Smith called in and scheduled. She's on this in this book and it's now outdated. Well, but that's what we've always done. And then we take a highlighter and we get our pen and we start dialing and we get through about 10 of them from this whole book. From the from the thirteen hundred. Right. We get through about 10 of them. Then we're like, oh, well, all right. Well, I'll get back to this tomorrow. Put it off to the side. Tomorrow comes around. I do now five. The next day comes around. I do two. The next day comes around and I do zero. But we are, that is what we're doing, unfortunately. That's the status quo. Right. So so what, what's the answer? What, what, what do you guys recommend? I mean, I know that you, you have uh, some artificial intelligence in this program that can pick out some good patients. You can definitely do d- uh, many different filters. You can find, like, let's say I want to see all my patients who have unscheduled treatment and who do, uh, I don't, I want to filter out all Delta because I don't necessarily want to call my Delta patient, right. my Delta dental or, or whatever. Um I want to call all patients with family that are have families, or I want to call patients. You can definitely filter all that, but here's the best thing to do starting today, whether you have dental intel or not, make sure everyone in your office leaves with an appointment. Yep. Track it, track it. Make sure if I start there, we are starting at the top of the waterfall. We are turning off the water before it goes down the waterfall. Now, there's a big pool down the bottom. Yes, I know that. But let's turn off the the starting places. They come into your office. Let's make sure everyone leaves with an appointment. So that that when we look at hygiene, that's the reappointment percentage that we're looking at, right? Let's talk about that for for a minute. For hygiene specifically, yep. So I'm making sure that my hygiene patients reappoint so do you you have a percentage that you like on that curtis like x percent is i mean we're not going to reappoint everybody there's going to be airline pilots there's going to be firefighters there's going to be police officers who have just can't make that future appointment today but what percentage do you like as far as reappointment for hygiene well personally that's definitely a personally i think everybody should have a future i know what you think about that and here's why this is Curtis 101. This right. Isn't anything else out there. But the reason why is because we all perform to deadlines. Okay. Human behavior, we all have a deadline. So maybe my scheduled appointment is not necessarily if I'm an uh, air, 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 um, a policeman or something else. Right. Um, maybe it's not an actual hygiene appointment, but it's an appointment for the office to call the patient. There needs to be a date to do something in the future, not just a goodbye. Hopefully you call us back again. There should be an appointment to do something with that patient always in the future. Now you guys have also on this software, there's reminders. 
So if yeah, if Mrs. Still Sm- there, we're we're still talking about hygiene. Oh, okay. All right. Keep talking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean it. Right. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Mister. Four hundred new patients a month. Got to talk more about hygiene. So with our hygiene patients, great number is ninety percent. Okay, mean, that's kind of across the board, ninety percent. Right. But ultimately, we want to make sure that first the hygiene patients get scheduled for hygiene because oftentimes. You could have 10 hygiene patients come in the office. Five of them reschedule for hygiene and three of them reschedule for doctor. Right. Right. Which means 80% or eight of the 10 have a future appointment, but only five of them have a future hygiene appointment. So that tells me that if only five of those 10 patients have a future hygiene appointment, Somebody is not creating the scenario and the urgency as to why coming in regularly for your hygiene appointments is important, right? Or they're just like, you know what? They're coming in for the doctor. I don't want to overburden them and talk to them about their hygiene appointment. So I'm going to schedule them for doctor. And then the back office will schedule them for hygiene. Oh. But that's what we're thinking when we're scheduling the the doctor appointment. Okay, so let's let's talk now about what what I was was referring to earlier is. So Mrs. Smith says, you know what? I I really know I need to get this work done, but I I got to check. I know we're I'm taking a, a trip out of town. Can you can you check back with me on Friday or something like that? That happens all the time, right? So 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 we 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 give the front office person like an actual reminder that pops up on her screen, right? That says, hey, call Mrs. Smith on today's Tuesday. Call her on Thursday or call her next Monday, right? How does that work? So very similar. So I get notifications on my cell phone, right? On right. my cell phone, I get notifications saying, hey, do this today or do this right now or this just happened. Right. That's ultimately what we're able to do inside Dental Intel is we're able to tell you, do this today. You were told to call Mary on Friday. Today's Friday. Call her today. There, it's called our automatic follow-ups. These automatic follow-ups are reminding you exactly what to do every day. It gives you about 10 people to do something, to call them, to collect dollars from them, to, to get their claims, to um, uh, they broke an appointment and because they got a pulled over by the cops on their way to the dental office. So now <laughs> That's you're, not good. You're recalling them because of their broken appointment. Rather than having these sticky notes, you now have an automatic follow-up that tells you on your computer and they're digitized and everything, do this for this patient today to take better care of Zoe. <laughs> Zoe is who's important. The yeah. patient is important. Go ahead. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. I, I agree totally with you. So I, I'll, maybe I'll put you on the spot for a second. Uh, give me a give me a great success story. I mean, how how do you see when people engage with dental intel, where do you see the growth in their practice? Where do you see the changes? What are the doctors calling you and saying, oh, my God, once I started using this, we did this and we've changed this. What are the changes you're seeing and what are the doctors telling you and where are you seeing the growth? Well, feel free. Uh, look at our Google reviews. Um, they they speak a lot better than myself. But ultimately, here's one example. Um, I had a, a doctor, a doctor um, out in a Benicia Dental out in Cal near you. Yeah. Um, anyway, what he wanted to do is his main goal. What he wanted to do is what he didn't want to use insurance anymore. So he looked at his numbers. And he figured out, hey, if I do this, I'm able to get rid of my insurance patients uh, or not ex- be a PPO provider for, for insurances. And within six months, he was able to get rid of all of his PPO off uh, PPO contracts. And he was producing, or excuse me, he was profiting the same amount of dollars as before. So what, but what did he, what in this case, so what, what happened in the practice? He was getting more visits. 
more fee for service production where he was able to take make the take the the leap and get rid of the PPO. Is that what happened? So yes, he decreased in visits. Oh. And increased in production per visit. And, and and since that's the baseline of your of 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 dental intel, if you know one times the other is the production, so sometimes you might see a production the, the number of visits dropping, but if the production per visit goes up because the doctors maybe taking some courses, and we always talk about how important CE is, um, mm-hmm. that's okay too, right? Oh yeah, no, it's not. You don't need to be what everyone else is doing, or you don't need to be the best to have the most visits in your office. You need to know, I want to produce a million dollars this year. I can either produce a million dollars this year by seeing a million patients and doing one dollar on each of them. Right. I can see have a million, I can see a million people and do one dollar per person, or I can do ten dollars per person and see a hundred thousand people or i can do twenty thousand dollars per visit and see fifty thousand people and so on and so on and and that's really the doctor getting into the philosophy of what type of a practice he or she wants to have so i i i I, there's some filters and one of the filters i've found among many is i can pull up and see how many crowns that were diagnosed in the last 45 days have not been scheduled. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Maybe talk about some of the other filters that provide really valuable information to the doctor uh, that that you might share. Well, the filters are cool. So it's called the patient finder. So with our algorithms and how we store, excuse me, how we store all of our data, virtually anything that you can think of that you would like to say, I want to look at this type of patient in my dental office. You can get within seconds, not uh, try to find their report somewhere in your software and then push the generate report and wait till the sands of time uh, is all gone. And then finally that report is reported in a PDF. No, no longer. We're able to now stay with all this data, put it all, quickly give me the information, and then I can either put it to an Excel sheet or you can use our follow-up system, uh, either or. Okay. Talk about how do you – Any filter. How do you – what what kind of training comes if you get dental intel? I I know that you've got some really cool webinars and videos, and you've got a team that helps. How, How does that work in your company? Yeah, so we don't teach people on how to do their taxes anymore. Uh, that was the old company. We don't do that at all. We also don't teach people on what to say. We're not a consultant. We do teach them on how to use the software. And there is an intense program that, uh, well, a, a very successful program uh, that walks your office member, uh, team members on how to use Dental Intel for them. Not for anyone else out there. We find out, hey, what do you want? And then we teach you on how you, for your specific office, how to use that. We do that through live webinars. We do that through live uh, web conferences. Uh, and then also there's some recordings as well. Does the syncing, how do you do, does the syncing take a long time? Is it complicated? How does that work when to, to get connected to the software? Takes literally five minutes. Five minutes and I can then have all your information, show you every day exactly what's happening. There's no more needing to pull a report. It's just automatically on your phone or on the computer. Okay. I saw something else cool that, that I haven't even looked at. You have this thing called a smart caller ID. How does that work? So smart caller ID works with any phone system and ultimately says, hey, look, this patient's calling in. And I, then I have all the information about the patient. And it says, this patient has unscheduled family members. This patient has a balance due. This patient has treatment plan that needs to be scheduled. This patient's past due for whatever they're needing. And this can be done with any phone system that you have out there. So, so the phone system. So I call Mrs. Uh, Dr. Smith's office. And Susie at the front desk has her computer screen up. And when the when the phone when the phone rings, we know it's Mrs. Smith, 
And then up on my computer screen pops all this information. Is that how that works? Correct. Yep. Their future visit, their last visits, how many visits they've broken. Wow. Anything you want, rather than jumping all around. And the reason why we did this is because oftentimes I'd be on the phone with our patient, hang up, and then all of a sudden, as I'm closing windows, because there's a whole bunch of windows open in Dentrix for this patient, the ledger, the right. and all these things. I finally realized, oh no, she has a balance due and I just had her on the phone. I'm going to feel dumb calling her back. So I'm not going to call her back. So I'm just going to write a note in her appointment to uh, hopefully somebody will read. <laughs> hopefully. Right. But now it's all just pops up and it's easy to read. It's saying, do this for this patient. Wow. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Curtis, we're unfortunate. Like when, when I, when I started this and, I always send uh, send questions to to my guests, and Curtis is a dear friend. I, my comment is, you and I are not going to have trouble talking for an hour about uh, about how to help doctors. So I got a couple minutes left. Why don't you give us some final thoughts about kind of what if a doctor is just not doing well in their practice? They don't feel the love. They don't feel it's going well. How how does this how does this software change their lives? How have you changed lives with this software? So the best way of putting this is that we're the reason why we're not happy or not, uh, not um, enjoying dentistry is because we have a feeling. That feeling came from somewhere because of some circumstance somewhere. Uh, there's a doctor in Park City who basically told us, look, I'm done with dentistry. I'm done with running my practice. Um, I want to go be an associate somewhere. I'm going to sell my practice. And we're like, what are you talking about? Why? And it all came down to the fact that he bought a Syrac machine. And two people said to him, this crown that you put on me, uh, it's not, it doesn't feel right. It broke. It's not, it's not working for whatever reason. It's not working. Now he's thinking that the patient's thinking, oh, it's your Syrac machine. You made a bad decision. And your dentistry stinks. And I'm going to go tell the whole community about you. Wow. But that's not the reality, but that's what he's hearing when they say, oh, this crown isn't fitting right. Yeah. So he wanted to change his whole world upside down. And because of what he was feeling, we showed him the data and we said, doctor, no, 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 no. You're not going to sell this practice. In fact, Look at the, all the opportunities here. All you have to do is one, two, and three. Do these three things, and we'll see you in the morning type deal, right? Right. So we told him what to do. Within six months, him and his team flipped the office upside down, meaning that they're now very profitable. They don't have any holes in the schedule. And I saw him. So we're in close to Park City. We saw him at a restaurant. And didn't even recognize him. His whole face had changed. He didn't, wasn't stressed. He wasn't worried. He was a totally different person. And he was loving dentistry again. Because he now knows their truth of what's happening in the office, not what he's feeling inside. Well, and, and, That's and, how we're changing. And doctors, let me, let me say this to, to kind of close this out and stay on, stay on with me, Curtis. The definition of insanity, ladies and gentlemen, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. In order, I learned this, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast about 10 years ago, something was not right in my CPA practice, and I went to an accountant's boot camp. And basically, he said, you have to work ju not just in your business, but you have to work on your business. And that's what using a, a tool, and remember, this is this is not the magic bullet. This is not the the secret sauce. This is a tool. This software, other software, um, it's a tool to help you get to where you want to be. But doctors, if you don't engage in something, even just if you don't use this this technology, even just doing what Curtis said is is put a spreadsheet together and figure out you know what what you diagnosed and what you didn't, which is going to absolutely drive you crazy unless you're totally you know, OCD about this stuff. This Using a product like this will help you to show that, that, that there's hope. 
and 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 please promise me that you'll work on your practice. I mean, there's 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 hundreds of coaches in this uh, in this country who 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 coach with your software, right? Yes, absolutely. All the top consultants are using Dental Intel. Right. And we're, it's been fantastic. Curtis Marshall, my dear friend, thank you so much. Uh, you've taught me a whole lot, and you've helped thousands of dentists across the country. And I hope you're going to help thousands more. One more time. Uh, how do they look at your? How do they find out more about uh, your software? Super simple. Just go to dentalintelintel.com. Uh, push the uh, request a demo uh, or request learning about dental intel. We'll hook you up. And if you tell us that Art sent you, then um, we will uh, get you a, a bonus gift. Well, uh, there you go. Art. Art sent me, and we'll send you. Or, or if you, or if you heard about it on the podcast, and our listenership is growing ridiculously, so we got lots and lots of people listening. Curtis, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you want to get a hold of me in Southern California, seven one four two five nine zero five zero five. Email me at artwiederman at gmail dot com. Go to our company website, HMWC CPAs and Business Advisors. Go to the. Um, uh, go to the resources link, go to the podcast link. Curtis's um, podcast will be up uh, shortly. And if you're looking for a dental specific CPA anywhere in the United States, go to the Academy of Dental CPAs website, www.adcpa.org. And our members know these metrics like the backs of their hands. Curtis Marshall, my dear friend, thank you so much for all you do for the dental profession and for the great information today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks again, everybody, and have a wonderful day. Great. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this edition of The Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Please subscribe. Please write a review. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.